let's uh, we'll we'll save uh, we'll save modern day uh, uh, Jay Sarah for the ending. But let's go to St. John Bosco taking on Orange Lutheran. This game's going to be back at Cerritos College on Friday. So the Braves, you know, like we said, four, they're three and one in league, seven and two, playing Orange Lutheran who's banged up. Uh, Orange Lutheran's two and two, five and four. You know, if you're the Lancers, you hate to go into the playoffs with on a two-game losing streak, even though if you do come out of the tough Trinity League. Um, but, uh, you know, then Bosco, you know, looking to, you know, finish on a strong note, uh, wrap up. I mean, they're playing to, to play for a number three seed overall, in my opinion. They got to they gotta win this game so they can get a, a number three seed. Um, I would think they're playing for something pretty big. But what's your take on this game, Scotty? Um, yeah, Bond, you know, what a difference, you know, a week makes. You know, last week we were talking about, like, Bosco and Oli Lola yeah. would have been a good matchup that week. You know, we thought, you know, Olu would present matchup problems and give Bosco a good shot, but, you know, we didn't know if Bosco was going to come to play or not. Um, but uh, instead, we saw an upset, but it wasn't the upset we were thinking, you know, this time, and, you know, the last yeah. week upset, you know, and they actually, you know, you know, you got to chalk it up to Santa Margarita, but, but, but the Lancers did look a little lethargic. I was surprised at them not being able to, you know, you know, be as quick and they just, they you could never get the ball off. Santa Margarita looked a lot faster and a lot quicker and, and it was just kind of surprising, surprising, um, you know, they're gonna they're in a fighting spot right now. You know, they're trying to you know they were primed for third and now they're trying to hold it. You know, and it's gonna be tough. You know, being without quarterback Ryan Alinsky. You know, like we said, we have to you have to find we have to find out his status. Yeah. Um, but it didn't look like he was gonna be back. Um, so you had a you know junior Cole Capen. You know, it's a big task to have your first varsity start against Bosco. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, look for a dose of, of Dominic Austin should he be healthy and, you know, recover from, you know, from last week. Um, you know, but if, if Bosco's front shuts them down, you know, what does Olu do? You know, they're going to have to be creative to, to move the ball. Um, you know, and defensively, you know, the Lancers have contained some good teams, but they haven't stopped really shut down anybody all year long you know they've you know and they've had that bend but go break defense um but they haven't really you know how to put together a game where they've stopped really good offenses um so you know and the other thing is is whether bosco chooses to you know get cute as we call it sometimes and uh you know throw the ball or rather than than run is the question you know i don't know if the Braves feel like they need to try to get work on their passing game yeah i don't know like you know last that's week you know, that's that's what it seemed like they were trying to do last week but it, it didn't look very successful so um but in the end i think the Braves, you know are going to come out on top on this one yeah when you describe all those um the passing attempts and we in i remember walking out of the press box uh at Cerritos college after the after the after the modern day game and that's what a couple of the comments were. You know, Mott, you know, St. John Bosco would have won that game if they could pass. You know, that's what killed them. Um, they couldn't pass the ball when they needed to on that last drive or their second to last drive. But uh, sounds like that's what they were trying to work on. Um, and maybe they'll continue to do it. But they got to get the W. Um, 
You know, and you know, it's interesting about uh, the Orange Lutheran situation at quarterback because you know during late in the summer, um, I was hearing you know very good things about um, uh, Cole Capen, and you know he wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, he's six for ten, uh, forty-seven yards through a touchdown um, against Santa Margarita. He's a junior, um, so pretty highly regarded guy because it was apparently quite a battle uh, at the beginning of the year uh, between Cole Cape and, and Ryan Holinsky. So um, I think he got a lot of reps during the summer, and um, you know, I won't be surprised if he plays well, but it sure helps to, uh, if they can get Dominic Austin going. But Dominic Austin against that St. John Bosco uh, front seven could be, uh, could be a different story. could be pretty tough. But uh, I'm thinking that Bosco is going to get this victory that they need uh, pretty pretty badly. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much they pass it. But um, and then you know, Lancers are going to have to regroup once they get to the playoffs. I think they're playoff bound. Um, you know, uh, for sure. Um, Santa, Mar- you know, same with Santa Margarita, Owens Lutheran, and um, you know, my prediction is that as we transition into our playoff talk here, Scotty. My prediction is that all six teams from the Trinity League are going to get in, and um, they're going to occupy six of the uh, eight first-round games. And next week, when we're talking for our final podcast of 2016, um, as far as the league season, I think we'll be talking about six first-round games. But I know, Scotty, you, you always get into this pretty deep. Why don't you share with us, if you, if you don't mind, you know, kind of the uh, scoped out bracket that you have. And I believe um, the way, you know, Mr. Positivity here, Mr. Barajas, you have it all, you know, based on a, a survive victory, even though I think you predicted Santa Margarita. But I think you, you have Santa, you have survived in the, uh, in your, your, your bracket you're going to share with us here. Yes, I do. Um, it's, it, it's kind of, you know, based on if you, you know, we take the, the, the top, the CIF, you know, rankings and use their seedings and kind of make come up with a playoff. You know, those using the seeding format, which I don't think CIF does. I think CIF only seeds the one through four, and then everything else they kind of like choose. I don't know how, if that's going to work this year because there's so many Trinity League teams. They always don't like to see the, the Trinity League play in the second round, and they, they want them to see them in the quarters or you know the semifinals but the bracket I have is yeah. you get modern day as your number one seed versus number 16 Tesoro then they would play your number eight seed Bishop Mabop versus number nine Vista Marietta and then you have number four Bishop Yo versus number 13 J. Sarah okay and then number five Ranch Cucamonga versus Santa Margarita number 12 and that would be the top half of the bracket and the second half would be Corona Centennial is your number two seed versus Servite your number 15 seed then the next would be Long Beach Poly is your number seven seed versus Chaminade who comes in at number 10 seed and the third seed would be just St. John Bosco versus Upland who would be the 14th seed and the sixth seed would be Gardena Sarah versus number 11 seed Orange Lutheran. Now that could all change, but it's based on 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 everybody winning this this you know this week. So 
So. Did you? And uh, I was following that, and it was very intriguing. Did you mention? Did you have Centennial? Uh, did you mention the uh, at the bottom of your bracket? Yes. Centennial survive, uh, uh, right? Yes. Okay. That's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, some obviously heavyweight teams, and that's the relook of uh, Division One playoffs, where in years past, you know, you have some blowout uh, games where you have, you know, you have the teams from the Moore League, for example, right there. You know, now only Polly represents. Um, so it'll be interesting what, you know, uh, what the fans think about uh, think about it. What do you think, Scotty? What, how does that? first round, I mean, is this something that excites you to see this kind of bracket? Um, you know, uh, what, what's your what's your perspective of this? It's what they should have done all along, I think. You know, we've all wanted them to take the playoff uh, seating uh, format, you know, 1 through 16 and just rank them 1 through 16 and play it out regardless if they come from the same league. I don't know if it's going to, if they're, they're, they might still alter them. But the way it is right now, it's it's very close to that. Um, you know, you take the best, you know, 16 teams and let's go to, you know, let's play. Um, you know, there's some argument that there's probably maybe a couple of Division Two teams that probably could be be in this um, that could replace, um, you know, a couple of these teams. But you know, it's it's pretty doggone good. At least you got rid of the, you know, you know the more leagues. You know, teams that, that didn't belong in there other than Pauly. Um, it's just going to make every, you know, first-round game, you know, pretty good. I mean, there are some games where you know, I think maybe get out of hand, you know, but on paper, you know, if you don't look at the CDs, you know, they would mostly that that's a great game. You know, you would have to say that's like a that's a second-round or a court, you know, semi-final sure. game, you know, so... Just first round, yeah. Because you, you, just sticking with the Trinity League last year, you know, um, for example, Modern Day, uh, they had a big victory against Lakewood last year, 66 to 14. And then even more lopsided, you know, Bosco. Obviously, they got to the Pac-5 finals last year, lost to uh, Centeno in a great game. But yeah, they beat in the first round uh, Corona, uh, 70, uh, 72 to seven. And that was, a, you know, that was a first-round game uh, for a Trinity League team. Another outmatched team from the Moore League was like Long Beach Jordan. They got smashed by Oaks Christian, 56 to eight. So you would think that um, some of these games would be eliminated uh, as far as these lopsided games. But then again, we saw some lopsided games in the Trinity League, like with Bosco Servite. That was, you know, 70 to six or something like that. So. You know, you know, you know, if, if but it, you know, if Servite Centennial, you know, maybe Servite, if they um, win their last game, some of these up and coming players, maybe they play Centennial much tougher than they played against uh, St. John Bosco, and, and maybe that's how they can uh, build into their next year. But you wonder if a lot of these games should be pretty close. Um, you know, uh, Sarah's the team. Who did you have Sarah playing uh, against, Scotty? Arch See, Sarah's a team that's uh, kind of on the rise, I feel, out of the uh, admission league, and they have a chance to get out of that league 6-0. and um, That would be a tough game. Um, you know, you know what, what, would you, what would your first reaction, 
you know, that's, that might be a, a game that you got the Mission League champ, 6-0, and coming in against a Lutheran team that showed some promise, has played a very tough schedule, but they're coming off two losses. Sarah will probably be favored to win that game. Yeah, at the beginning, you know, before they, you know, these two losses, if you would have, if you would have saw that matchup, I would have definitely been, you know, more high on Orange Lutheran. But, you know, with where they're at right now, it's, you know, that's going to be tough. So, um, you know, and, and Sarah has, you know, they dropped their first three, and since then they've been rolling. So, uh, yeah. You know, they have Alamini, you know, unless they get up, you know, get upset by Alamini, but I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, they've been, 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 been on fire since, since dropping those first three. You know, Mission Viejo, Jay Sarah would be very interesting. I mean, obviously, South County would love that game. Um, you know, Pitt, Bob Johnson against Jim Hardigan. Um, you know, some South County legends down there. Um, Mission Mio, uh, when Coach Hardigan was at Santa Margarita, they were rivals with Mission Mio. They, you know, they but they didn't really play. Uh, there's been some player movement, uh, at least from Jay Sarah to, to Mission Mio over the years. But Jay Sarah team's awful scrappy, though. Um, you know. You know, uh, Mission Mio's got a big week uh, game this week. Uh, I'm going to be seeing them play against San Clemente. Uh, I think Mission Mio's awful good, though. They're 9-0. Uh, they've won 37 games in a row. be interesting to see the Diablos meet. You know, obviously, if they win this game, if they won that, if, they, if that was indeed their game, that could be the first of multiple games against Trinity League teams. That would be interesting. Uh, you know, if they, were able to get, if they were able to get past, like, Rancho Cucamonga, and then get over to that modern day game, which you know obviously would be one and two in the Orange County. But what would you th- initially? Is that something that excites you? Perhaps Jay Sarah Mission Viejo? Yeah, that that does for, for <laughs> the same reasons that you yeah. just mentioned. Um, you know, because of all the stuff that's gone back and forth. I mean, they got a couple of players on uh, 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 from Jay Sarah Mission does, and so. Uh, that's you know that's kind of interesting, and then if they get like you said, if they get by either you know them, whether it's Santa Margarita or Rancho Cucamonga, you know that makes an interesting matchup. You know, does Santa Margarita learn from that first game? Um, you know, or does Rancho Cucamonga, you know, their their speed kind of neutralize you know Mr. Pio? You know that 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 one's you know going to be interesting because who is you know, what do we know about Rancho? Well, they've done really well, but then they're now playing in Division One, And a lot of these teams that are new to Division One, it's like a, a wake-up call. Right. You know, they don't realize what it takes to be a Division One team. Yeah. And as talented and as, you know, skilled the Rancho Cucamonga, they may not have, you know, the... You know, the uh, you know the lineman or the or the or the uh, intangibles that 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 you know comes with having to be a Division One team. Yeah. Um, and, but if it's Mission Viejo coming, you know, playing Modern Day, I think I think it's Modern Day is the last loss that Mission Viejo had. You may have to look look it up who the last team was at. I think it was a playoff no. game. That's what started the the winning you know their winning streak. No, it's actually correct. They actually I think their last loss might have. Because what happened was, it was, I remember it pretty well, because it was 
junior year for Brock Johnson, and he started 0-2 in that uh, his season, and then they ran the table one CIF. So it was, uh, I think their last loss was against La, uh, La, uh, La Habra. Um, I think they played, maybe lost Oceanside or uh, San Diego team, and um, then they, I think they, uh, I don't know, then they lost it's their second game, maybe it wasn't La Habra, but um, it was a non-league game early in the year, and it wasn't, it wasn't modern day, um, but I'll have to check on that, but um, it's obviously a great rivalry though, Mission Viejo, modern day, it, it's been a long time since, it seems, it's been about three or four years since they played, um, when they, they actually played in a playoff game um, not too long, about three or four years at the Bowl. I think it was a D1 or Pac-5 semi or quarterfinal in, in modern day one. Yeah, that, that, that was the, it was the, you know, it was the one versus two in the county again. And, and um, you know, and, and I think Michigan was supposed to be favored going into that game. And, and uh that was the game where I think you know the, the defense just you know came to life for modern day and they just completely overwhelmed you know the, the that Michigan offense that was just scored at will. Yeah, that was but, a big but, uh, yeah, so, big game for Jonathan Lockett, I remember. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It doesn't seem it, it, it doesn't seem that long ago, but then when you think about it, it's like yeah, because you know. Lockett's already a junior in, uh, at USC right now, so... Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Scotty, as we wrap up our Tree League football podcast here, our Week 10, be sure to join us next week. We'll have our last podcast of the year. We'll have our awards. Um, we'll be able to check out how Scotty's bracket did, so I hope everybody uh, wrote down Scotty's bracket. I'll post it on ocvarsity.com if you want to check it out. But... Uh, Sky, I know you got some uh, uh, at least one good note here on JT Daniels that we need to to go over. And if you have anything else uh, to add, uh, at least give us this JT Daniels update on the on the fine sophomore quarterback at Modern Day. Right, um, you know JT's approaching um, a couple of milestones, and um, he's actually nearing the Orange County single season um, record. Uh, I'm not sure. I know he has 47 right now. I'm not sure. You'll have to. You'll probably have to check that out, Dan. I know the yeah. OC record. I think it's somewhere near 52, but I'm not. I'm yeah, not quite that's sure. What I'm thinking. Um, and he's also in the running for the uh, national completion percentage, um, which is 75, set in 2009 by Folsom quarterback. And um, I, 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 I lost for his name. Uh, we'll have to get that one. He's he's not playing college ball, or I don't think the kid played college ball. Um, but JT is actually at 80% right now. So you know if he keeps that up, um, you know that's going to be a that's going to be something that's that's and that's a huge record because I think that you know having to have you know completion percentage, um, you know if he continues at 80, you know it's five percent, you know more than what their record is so yeah that's unbelievable for a sophomore uh two more years for him at modern day man he's gonna have every record there is by the time he's out of there um you know that offense is gonna be is just unbelievable so um yeah we'll have some more updates on jt daniels uh records uh, we'll definitely have some updates 
uh, getting ready for the postseason and uh, when we hand out our awards uh, next week. I'm sure JT Daniels has got a great chance to pick up uh, one of our big awards next week, so uh, be sure to join us. So, uh, Scotty, I believe you're going to be down checking out uh, Modern Day. Um, Jay Sarah works as, uh, you know, obviously the Modern Day's had a trouble with Jay Sarah the last couple of years. I think they've uh, the Lions have won that the last two years. Going to be checking out that game this week, Scotty? Yeah, I, you know, you know, I will be, Dan, you know, and it's kind of interesting because I know that game is in the back of the minds, you know, the Monarchs, you know, what happened to them last year, um, you know, you know, Jay Sarah upset them in stunning fashion, um, to, you know, can yeah. the Lions do it again, can they catch them off, you know, will they catch them off guard, but I don't think they will, I, I think Modern Day's on, on a mission, I think they're focused. Um, I don't know if Jay Sarek can throw the same defensive look as they did last time. Um, you know, he, you know, Servite threw under a bunch of different looks. You know, and JT was able to to you know decipher the defenses and and get you know you know into the right looks, whether it's running or throwing. And I think MD's learned a lot from that experience last year. Yeah. Um, so I think you know. You know, having the loss to them actually back-to-back seasons, um, yeah. you know, we'll have to see if Matt Robinson can duplicate his performance from last year. I remember he had one of the best 29-yard touchdown yep. scrambles that I've ever seen, in, you know, at the high school level. Um, just, you know, I mean, it was, you know, I've seen guys go, you know, that are, that are lip, lickety split fast, but he was like, you know, scrambling, cutting, juking, going sideways, back, you know, I mean, it kind of looked, you know, made the modern-day defense kind of look kind of foolish, but, I mean, it was a, it was a great run. Um, but they're going to have to take another game plan and top performance, you know, from Jay Sarah to repeat, you know, last year. Um, and then Keno from last year, neither St. Brown brother played in that game. That's right. It was a big part of the offense. Um, so, you know, so look for them, to, you know, to, to take care of business and, um, you know, complete their 10-0 and season. Yeah, there's a lot to motivate modern day. They're probably going to be playing that Matt Robinson, the defensive guys, could be putting that on a loop all week and probably getting uh, fired up. Uh, that's what I would do. If I wanted to motivate those guys, I would keep showing them that play and uh, Matt Robinson making a ton of guys miss, probably like seven or eight tackles tackles miss and that was a Jay Serif uh, 35 to 28 victory um, in 2015 uh, 2014 it was 20 I'm uh, sorry uh, 2014 Jay Serif won 17 to 10 so you have to go back to 2000, ter- ter- 2013 the last time modern day beat Jay Serif so a lot of people you know Coach Hardigan yeah, Jay Serif seems to know how to play modern day um, he has some modern-day connections, um, uh, former assistant coach there, I believe it's uh, one point. So he seems to know how to play modern-day pretty close because, uh, you know, like you said, you got to go uh, 2013, um, modern-day handled J- um, Jay Sarah 38-14. to uh, 14. But this Friday they play at the Bowl, and, uh, you know, it could be a pretty uh, pretty. Uh, Big celebration for for modern day to you know celebrate a five and zero. It'll be interesting to see how excited they get afterwards, or if they kind of keep their emotions in check and think, hey, we this is this is not this is not the season goal. We want the uh, D one title. 
Manchik, that's right. I, I think they want more than, than the D1 title, but but yeah, they. I, I think you know it's it's they can taste it. It's in their hands. They just have to do what they need to do and, and do what they've been doing and and you know take the one game at a time. So yeah, yeah, I think. But uh, you never know, Jay Sarah. You know they've been known to surprise, and this the Tree League has been known to surprise. We'll see if anything um, exciting happens this week as far as upsets. I think. That Servite uh, Margarita game should be interesting. The playoff pairings come out on Sunday, um, so you can follow those results. So we have uh, all the results of those uh, playoff draws out on um, ocvarsity.com. Steve Fryer and Kenny Conley from the OC Register are going to be covering the pairing Sundays uh, at the, uh, the CIF Southern Section offices in Los Alamitos. And we will be back next week for our final podcast. So. Uh, Scotty, you enjoy that game. Uh, modern day, Jay Sarah. I'm going to be going down to San Clemente and checking out Division One Diablos against San Clemente. Um, so we'll see what happens in that South Coast uh, League game. All right, Dan, that sounds good. You can get that good report on the uh, Diablos so we can uh, uh, talk about that when the, when, the, when the playoff brackets come out. We will be fully uh, prepared. And uh, so thanks again for joining us uh, tonight on the Junior League Football Podcast. And until next week, we will uh, say goodnight. And thanks for joining us on the Junior League Football Podcast.